Hello and welcome to the Local Government Association and UCL's Net Zero podcast series, Together Towards Net Zero. I'm Olivia Lancaster, advisor at the Local Government Association for our Climate Change Improvement Programme. This new podcast series aims to reflect on our recently launched Net Zero Innovation Programme, bringing together councils and universities. As I'm sure you're aware, many councils across the UK have declared a climate emergency. In this series, we're focusing on stories from our Net Zero programme to help shine a light on how councils and universities can work together to co-create solutions to meet councils' climate commitments. Each podcast brings together participants with expertise on the topic to explore the opportunities and challenges of the programme together. In this episode, we'll be discussing how one of our partnerships approached, undertook and reflected on our partnership action learning groups, facilitated by Dr. Chris Meyer and Dr. Lucy Hubble-Rose. The sessions were an opportunity to check in and to exchange learning and current project challenges within small groups of three project teams. I'll be speaking to partners from Barnsley Council and Leeds Beckett University who are undertaking a project on low energy housing. This series is funded by UCL Public Policy and brought to you by the LGA and UCL, connecting the work of research with the world of local government. With me today are Sarah Scholes, Project Manager for Housing Strategy and Growth at Barnsley Council, and Martin Fletcher, Research Fellow at Leeds Beckett University. Sarah, I'd like to start with you. Can you tell me a little bit more about your area of expertise and why you were interested in joining our programme? Well, as you said, I'm a Project Manager in the Housing Growth, Housing Strategy and Growth team. Um, Barnsley Council have been building new houses since 2011 we first started. Um, we've built about 170 houses since then. Um, and we have what I would say dabbled in energy efficiency. So we've, you know, we've used air source heat pumps and solar panels. Um, but because the council declared its climate emergency, obviously that's made us focus a lot more on our specification for our new build programme going forward. And what we really wanted to do is build high energy efficiency properties, but using our standard house type. So we haven't gone down the passive house route. Um, we're using our standard house type that we've been obviously developed over the last sort of 10 years and obviously trying to make the energy efficiency work with that. And it's a standard build. And we're hoping that, you know, we'll be able to go out to the market and pilot this scheme and that then that will be reviewed and hopefully will be the blueprint for all our future build. Great. Martin, can I ask you the same question? Yeah. So I work with um, the Leeds Sustainability Institute inside Leeds Beckett University. So our research group and our main research centres on energy performance of buildings. And my particular area of expertise is in the evaluation of buildings in reality. So not models, not theoretical when they're actually built. And to evaluate whether or not the building that we've built is, is behaving as we expected it to, or if there's any kind of performance gap there or underperformance. And we do this a few ways, either by forensically testing the building fabric using various gadgets or um, by monitoring energy use when people are in there. So they're, they're in use energy demands. And um, we were drawn to the to the Net Zero program because of the overlap really in the goals of ourselves. So reducing energy from buildings and, and that of Barnsley Council as well, Sarah's described. Um, so because we know that housing plays a huge role in our national energy demand and that reducing this demand is really important if we're going to have any chance of hitting our climate targets. So local councils have such a massive role to play in this, you know, huge ownership of housing and, and control over a large percentage of the national housing stock. So working together with um, with Barnsley Council to kind of help them develop a low energy housing scheme 
is is right in our wheelhouse. So it just makes perfect sense alongside the net zero program, really. And I just add to that as well that, you know, I've already got a team of mechanical engineers and architects and technicians that I work with, but we just felt that something was missing. What we've referred to, I think, in the beginning when we first started this dialogue about what sort of support we needed is that a critical friend, you know, to look at our specification, not just think, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's what we've always done and that should work. We really wanted somebody to look at it in detail, really pick it apart and then help us make the improvements that, you know, that we could make. So that's what that's been really key to this project. That's what Leeds have done. You know, they've come in and had a really good review of what we've already done. And I think we we have agreed the final energy specification now. Um, took us slightly longer than we, than we thought because we went backwards and forwards quite a bit. But that was really, really useful. You know, so we have actually worked together and we've agreed a final specification. And that's the one that we're going to take out to the market. So we're going to speak to contractors, show them our specification, unveil it and hopefully you know, take it from there. Well, I guess building on that, I know you've touched on it slightly, but I I wonder if you could describe in a bit more detail the project you're undertaking together. And I guess you've you've kind of highlighted it there, but how your expertise is feeding directly into this project you're delivering. I mean, the actual project, it's, it's just a small new build scheme. It's 16 houses, a mixture of two and three bedroom houses on a, a brownfield site, nothing particularly fancy. So that was our starting point. And in my team, there's also, we're sort of housing in energy overall, the team. So there are some energy officers there and they, they came up with an energy specification initially and they just wanted to improve on building regulations. That was the first point. We wanted to be quite aspirational in the targets that we were setting. But also, I think this is where my pragmatism comes in. At the end of the day, we want to build the houses. We don't want to have this amazing model, but then it's not affordable or, you know, we can't replicate it on a bigger scale. So it's very much come down to the end as well, the practicalities of it. Yeah. From our side, from from the Leeds Beckett side of things. Um, so our group's been around for over 25 years. So we've, we've worked on a huge amount of low energy construction projects in that time from ranging from slightly better than building regs all the way through to, you know, net positive energy buildings and passive house and that kind of thing. So we could really use that knowledge to kind of help guide the guide the conversation whilst keeping within those kind of pragmatic, realistic um, boundaries that Sarah describes. And um, I mean, I can't take all the credit for it. My uh, colleagues as well, uh, Kate and Dominic, we've all been working collaboratively together with the council's architect team, the service designers, just passing a lot of paperwork and, and drawings back and forward to just, you know, iteratively develop this um this low carbon specification. It's been a, like Sarah says, a slightly um, longer process, but definitely worthwhile having the the extra time and, and space to, to think about it and and make sure that it, um, it didn't go too far one way or too far the other. You know, maintain that ambition whilst also staying in the realms of possibility for, for a wider rollout later down the line. Absolutely. I think it sounds like your contribution to the project uh, has been really invaluable. And I guess on that point, it would be good to know, in your view, why you think it's so important that we're able to come together um, in these partnerships and collaborations to tackle the climate emergency? Yeah, I mean, it seems like the ultimate group project in my mind. It can't, it can't just be the, the actions of a couple of enthusiastic individuals. We all need to, to do our bit, really, to, to first of all, reduce our existing energy demand, to lighten the load on, on the systems that we have currently. And then that gives us the headspace and the time to expand our renewable energy generation capacity that's happening off screen in a, in a different project and, and um, 
you know, without this kind of collaboration between the reduction of demand, the incre- increase of renewable supply across all aspects of industry and society, it just seems impossible. And I think it's also really important that we can keep in mind a lot of the positive aspects of, of moving towards a lower energy and low carbon uh, society as well. So the houses that we're looking at developing here aren't just low energy. It's not just about carbon and electricity and heating and that kind of thing. They have the potential to be more comfortable, to support better health and well-being, have better indoor air quality. So there's a huge host of, um, of positives beyond just achieving a, a climate target that's set by someone in Whitehall. So, I guess it'd be great if you could both tell me a bit more about how you came together as a partnership. Did you know one another already? Not personally. I hadn't, I hadn't worked with the university before, but I'd, I'd already flagged up that I had some issues about the team that I was working with. Just not issues as in they were doing anything wrong, but like I said before, needing this critical friend. Then it's like, how do you find a friend like that? So there were some suggestions thrown in the pot, and I think just somebody had, had either worked with Leeds before or had heard of them by reputation. And we just sort of arranged initial meetings and just sort of discussed from our side what we were hoping to achieve. And then it sort of evolved from there. It was obvious that you all had practical experience because I think you could think, oh, university boffin types, you know, it's all going to be theory and refer to this report and this paper. But I think you've all got actual practical experience to back up all the sort of the technical knowledge. And that's been that that is really that's been important to us. We didn't just want a, you know, a dissertation on our houses at Billingley. We wanted some very practical support as well. Yeah, no, it's just it's good. It's nice to hear that. Uh, yeah, we're, we kind of pride ourselves on being a, a research group on buildings that actually has muddy boots and scruffy hivers jackets, and uh, <laughs> you know, we like to actually get out there and look at what our building looks like and what it's doing, rather than write a paper, build a model, and uh, and walk away from the from the whole thing, really. It sounds like you're having really regular catch-ups, which is amazing. And the communication is is very open between you both. I just wanted to take it back quickly to just ask, when you first came together as a partnership, how did you identify and kind of understand each other's expertise and where that would feed in? I guess at the beginning, when you were looking at forming this partnership, how did you kind of introduce each other and kind of get a sense of where this was going to go? I think initially we had our brief, so what we wanted to achieve. And that was sent to Martin's colleague, David Glue, um, Dr. David Glue. And we just had the initial meeting just to, to talk around that. I'm sure there's a document and obviously David did the usual, you know, the proposal. And that was like a little pen picture of everybody as well. So before maybe we'd even met them, you know, we knew the name and sort of the background information and what they'd worked on before. And then it just we had we had a couple more meetings, really, just to talk about. Uh, you know, we tweaked the program a little bit. We looked at number of visits, things like that. There was some formal paperwork there, but I think it just came out in the meetings. You know, we were all happy to talk about what we knew, what we didn't know, where we needed help. I couldn't say there was an exact moment when we all said, you know, hi, I'm Sarah. And, you know, there must have been that moment, but I think it's just come out within within future further meetings as well. You know, and Martin will mention something. You think, oh, he's worked on that sort of project. So, you know. You can have a little chat about that next time you, you meet. I think uh, that's 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 absolutely right. And I actually think these sessions as part of the Net Zero program have helped that as well, because it's additional space to, to talk to one another and in amongst the, 
you know, when you're doing tasks and activities, there also is that space to kind of branch off on different tangents and just get to know each other in a bit, bit wider of a sense. And you touch on other bits of experience that you have or the projects that you've worked on. And it all just feeds into like a painting a bigger picture really around the other person's experience and, and their own expertises and approaches, I guess. So yeah, the, again, the net zero program is, has provided that that diary space really to to sit in there and talk about something. And it's it's on topic, but also it can drift off topic in a productive way, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I found those really. I know there'd be, there's been some talk recently about, oh, too many, you know, there's been too many meetings for the for the grant application stuff. But at the beginning with all the sort of the webinars and the sandpits, I must admit, I, I found that really useful. And I really, I don't know if it's because of COVID, you know, I'm stuck at home a lot on my own. I don't like it. Um, but they were like a really nice thing to look forward to. I did actually, you know, I looked forward to those uh, those sessions. And like Martin said, just more time to spend with that, with the project team that I'm working on. But obviously finding out what everybody else was was working on as well. That's really good to hear. And I know uh, it's difficult when you're bringing um, a lot of people together quite often when you're trying to deliver a project. It can sometimes hold people up on delivery but it also like you said gives people that time in their diary where they have to focus on the kind of the work that we're undertaking so I'm glad you've seen that and it very neatly uh, goes on to my next set of questions which is to talk about the action learning groups that you took part of as part of the Net Zero program so I wonder if you could both kind of elaborate on what your expectations were when you were going into these uh, sessions. So the previous sessions that we had kind of gave a they give a good idea of what the tone would be like so it's nice to go into them knowing that it's not going to be a an examination you're not you're not going to sit and get um hammered with really difficult questions from the other people in the group that you that you're placed with which was nice and to this point we'd, we'd spoken to a lot of the other groups in the various sandpit events as well so there are kind of familiar faces to talk to and, and, and talk around our our you know challenges and solutions so that was really really useful as a kind of going into it with the guard down, just looking forward to a kind of a constructive chat, really. The earlier sessions led the dialogue a little bit by um, kind of, you fall back on the on the structured tools that have been applied in the various sessions. So I, I think we spoke about things like the, um, there was the analogy with the pyramid, where if, you, if someone starts down one side of it, they'll keep going down that one side and, and won't change the position. They'll just get entrenched in, a, in an original idea. Things like that. Um, because the, the challenge that we were looking around is is developing the is this design specification for the houses. So how do you kind of stop things like that happening? So if, for example, someone has a has a bee in their bonnet or a, or a previous bad issue with a certain type of building material, how do you kind of manage that um, if you think it's the best material to use to make sure that they don't really double down and say there's no way I'm signing off on that material? Going into them, it was not a scary uh, process it was you knew it was going to be conversational and we kind of try to keep it within um within kind of topics that we'd spoken about in the previous sessions I think yeah if there's something like that that's coming up in a meeting I also get in touch with Martin or Kate say oh you know what do you think what what should we talk about what should we use the time for really so we've usually agreed before we go in and I think I think I did check with you this was the one that where it was we started off with red amber and green we had to take some items so that was that was quite interesting you know I, I think Chris said so how are you all getting on in, in your teams and we had to hold the colored object up 
And it was just relief that like Martin was green as well as I was. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we've we've managed to use the time as well, you know, rather than just the oh another one of those meetings. It's like, well, what can we get out of it this time? And I think we we always end up, don't we, with the I can't I can't think of his second name or Declan. He's doing a retrofit program, so we seem to be in a little a little group now that's sort of either retrofit or specifically sort of energy in in buildings like that so probably know them know them a little bit more than some of the other group and I haven't been in touch with any of them outside of it so far but definitely you know definitely will be because I know we've got I've got a colleague who's starting on a big retrofit program soon so it'll be not quite nice for me to say oh my I know a contact so you could you know because I think sometimes I, the way I work it, you know, you can be quite insular and you get so bogged down with what you're doing and your timescales that you're working to. But I think it, I think I knew this already, but it's it's shown it through going through this whole process that most councils are tackling the same issues, aren't they? You know, we're all looking at the same concerns and how to deal with that. Um, and there is a lot of information we can share and we probably don't find enough time to, to do that a lot of the time. I'm in a group called the Northern Affordable Housing Group, which is just other local councils sort of within Yorkshire. Um, you know, and it's amazing, really, if you've just got something you're stuck on, you just send an email out and everyone just pings back the replies. And it could just help you sometimes out of that little, you know, little log jam that you get into. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the action learning groups were all about addressing your challenges. And like you said, there was an activity where you brought in an object that was either green, orange or red to show where you were. And it was kind of good to see that everyone in the partnerships were on the same page, like you said you were. So I guess, did the session help you um, address the challenge that you brought to it? And what was the solution if it did? The only thing I was thinking, I can't remember if it was this session, it might be one of the others. Um, one of the other um, women from a local authority mentioned ethics and I just suddenly thought oh we've not really talked about that so got in touch with Martin straight away what do you think about he's like oh yeah you know he'd already covered that you know they, they've already got a pro forma it's not something that I'm we have equality impact assessments and all the sorts of but we there is we don't have a you know a template for ethics so that was quite good actually because it was like it made me think oops and then Quickly, Matthew sort of said, "Oh no, that's fine. We've I've had to fill that in, you know, as part of my background checks for this for this project." So well, that's good. It sounds like it was a good opportunity with the action learning groups for you to just kind of really talk things out with your cohort, and you've got to know those people, like you said, on similar projects and what they're doing, and kind of have that, you know, have each other's backs on these kind of projects. It sounds it sounds really positive. Um, I guess reflecting on the programme up to now, what is your one key takeaway message for universities and council partnerships so that they can be more effective? I think to communicate more than you have to, more than you normally would. So I think um, often there's, a, there's budgetary factors and typically you have to schedule in blocks of a person's diary and account for the time and that kind of thing. But I found it really useful that we've, that we've spoken more than ordinarily would have taken place for a for a bog standard project you know a couple of years ago so yeah I think communication really communicate you know 50% more than you normally would go deeper than just a functional meeting get off the the rigid itinerary and agenda that only deals with specific aspects and just get to know the people that you're working with and their expertise and uh, I find I think just think that's been really really important in this project that 
we've we've just spoken more than I, I really I really don't think we would have engaged with each other anywhere near as much if um if it weren't for first of all this program because there's more meetings in the diary for it and second of all um just because of COVID really because it's it's easy to to do a teams teams meeting and you I certainly would never have um would never have defaulted to it I probably would have picked the phone up but it would have been with a specific question in mind rather than um you know a wider discussion with a with a looser agenda. Absolutely. Um, it sounds it sounds like you've really got the communication between yourselves nailed down, and it's really great to hear that. You know, during this pandemic, you've actually been able to communicate and collaborate more because of access to communication, basically. So that's that's really great. And I, I wonder how will you continue the great work that you've begun in the program? Is there any plans for the future? Well, I mean, obviously, I'd like to work with Leeds on every project. <laughs> we could do it that way. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be uh, that's going to be possible. But um, <laughs> I think if we come up with any issues in the future, we've got those links now. You know, it doesn't have to be. This is quite, um, you know, this is quite an in-depth um, project that we're working on. You know, we've got the, the full-blown consultancy agreement. We've got a three-phase uh, delivery plan. Um, but I think in the future. You know, we could do this on a smaller scale. We might have a particular issue that we're stuck with, you know, and we've got those contacts and we can come and ask, really. Um, but, I de- you know, definitely, I'd definitely do that. And I'd, I'd definitely sort of recommend to other project managers as well. You know, it might not, you know, don't take this the wrong way, Martin. It might not be Leeds LSI every time, um, you know, but I think it's just opened my eyes that, that, there's all that knowledge out there in universities. It's very up to date, you know, very cutting edge. And it's silly not to take advantage of that. You know, Bar- you know, Barnsley isn't a university town, but there's Lees, there's Sheffield, you know, there's a lot of scope there for us to to find that to find that support and help that we need. And from the experience so far, then willingness obviously as well on the university's part that you want to be involved in practical projects. You want to get out and about, don't you? You don't want to be stuck in there, stuck inside all the time, coming up with theories. So I think that that would be my thing, really. It's a really good resource and you should use it. Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose the same the same message, but, but flipped the other way around of just making sure that different councils in our region are, are aware of, of what we can do to help, really, to make, because um, this was... Uh, almost a fortuitous coming together that's worked really well and it's um it's probably on us to to get out and maybe market ourselves a little bit better um not in a in an aggressive give us money kind of way but just as a you know we're here we can help if you ever have any questions just get in touch and um don't feel intimidated by the big library buildings and long corridors and all that all the trappings that normally get associated with uh, with academia where we're real, real people that can uh, that can communicate reasonably well and <laughs> listen to your problems and help a bit. So. Yeah. And I think just, I mean, this is just an aside, not really to do with this, but through having that contact with with Leeds, um, David got in touch with me about a, a postgrad student, a PhD student, I think, you know, wanting to talk to somebody in the local authority. So I've sort of had a chat with her, and that was about barriers to building low carbon housing. So. You know, you're making those sort of connections and hopefully she gets a positive um, idea of what councils are doing and we get to use our knowledge and information to to help her out. And she she did say she'd had she'd had trouble getting in touch with someone from Leeds, you know, so it's a shame, really. But 
because of those connections. I was just sort of asked, you know, on the off chance, would you be interested? And, you know, that's something I would never have got involved with normally. And it's quite nice when you start talking about about it, you sort of think, oh, actually, I do, I do know what I'm talking about. I have got some information that's useful to other people. Um, I think, like we said earlier, you can get, you can just get, you know, focused on your own project in your own town. Um, and it does you good every now and again to look up and see what's going on around you. You've been listening to Together Towards Net Zero. This episode was presented by myself, Olivia Lancaster, produced by UCL and LGA with support from UCL Public Policy and edited by Nathan Copeland. Our guests today were Sarah Scholes and Martin Fletcher. To find out more about the Net Zero Innovation Programme, visit www.ucl.ac.uk slash public policy. If you would like to hear more podcasts from UCL, then head to ucl.ac.uk slash ucl dash minds slash podcasts. Thank you for listening and I hope you'll join us again next time.